You are listening to the Resonate Church Sermon Podcast. Resonate is a collegiate church planning network in the Northwest. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at resonate.net. Hello, Resonate. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Matthew Young, the site pastor in Moscow, and I'm stoked to get to share a sermon with you today. Um, I don't know how many guys, uh, sometimes in the world around us, as we're going about our lives, sometimes you see something, you're like, wait a second, that's not, that's not right. I don't know what's going on here, but something's not right. Yeah, maybe it's like with your phone. You're like, what? how come this thing's in where This always works when I push this thing or, and it's not working. And, and I, you know, you or your laptop and you're typing away and you're like, wait, something's not working. What's going on? And, you know, always it comes down to like, what should I do? And the IT guy's always like, well, you should restart it and uh, see what happens. Um, and so, you know, you restart your phone. And you're like, yeah, I think it's been months since I restarted my phone or I don't, can't remember the last time I restarted my computer. And sure enough, that works. It. Um, or maybe it's like you're, you're watching a sports event. Uh, maybe you're watching football. And if you know the rules of football, you watch a lot of football and you see something happen, a pass interference call or a, you know, offsides or a holding call, you're like, something's not right. I don't know exactly what it was, but I saw something and something was off in that. And, uh, and when, you know, when that happens, hey, redo that down, redo, restart. Um, or maybe it's like your car. Uh, I don't know how you guys drive, you know, be an older car. I've driven a lot of older cars in my life. Uh, still do. And so, you know, you drive it, you get used to all the strange noises it's making. And then one day uh, it's like, wait a second, that noise is really weird. Um, this happened to me a couple months ago and uh, the, the fan belt came off in my car. I was like, that sounds really, really bad. And now my car is acting really, really weird. You know that something's not right. And so you, you pull over and you say, I got to got to check this out. I got to uh, call somebody who knows something about this. Um, I need help with this. It happens all the time where we recognize something's not right because there's things all around us that they just, they aren't right. That Something's wrong with that. Something's off. And we, we notice these things. It also happens in, in other ways in life. We, uh, the other day I was overhearing some middle school girls in conversation. And uh, as I heard them talk, I heard one of them gossiping about another girl who wasn't there. And I don't know these girls super well, but what I knew is like, hey, that's not right. Something about that's not okay. Uh, something about that seems off. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, I was listening to the news the other day and I was hearing about uh, genocide happening in another country uh, of people killing mass numbers of people. And obviously something went up, stirred up in me and said, that is not right. That is not okay. Something's not okay about that, obviously. And so we, we recognize in the world around us, sometimes things aren't as they should be. Things are not how they're supposed to be. And that's, that's, uh, that's true of who we are. There are selfishness motivates people and greed leads them to keep things for themselves and take things from themselves that other people's need, other people need. Or lies are told or truth is twisted. And we think something's not right about that and subsequently it's affecting other people's lives where they're living their life based on something false that has been communicated to them. And we think, hey, that's not okay. That's not right. Something's off on that. Or when someone gets hurt, because in a world where people are getting hurt by things that aren't quite right, and the saying goes, hurt people hurt people. And when hurt people hurt people, too often they seek revenge. Because when hurt people hurt people, those hurt people then try and hurt the people that hurt them. They seek revenge instead of seeking forgiveness. And the hurt goes on and on and cascades and ripple effects affect other people. People, innocent bystanders or collateral damage is done as people are hurting others. The world sometimes feels out of control 
whether that's, again, you experience or you see on the news and read in the news about natural disasters that are happening and you think, oh, it's awful. People can't do anything about that. The world feels out of control. Or you see the relationships of people in, in the media or in, in the spotlight or, uh, or you see the relationships of people that you know, your neighbors, your friends, and you think, hey, that's not okay what's happening there. Something's not right there. And all of this reveals that our world is in a state of brokenness. Our world is broken. Things are happening that should not happen. Things are not the way they should be. And when you recognize that, you're, you're discovering something. Something, when you recognize that's not the way it should be, that means there is a way that it should be. There is a way that it's supposed to work. There is a way that is right. We all recognize that. We all see that when we see something that's not right. And the reality is, this world is a broken place. And that's not the way it's meant to be. It's not the way that's meant to be because God created the world. And it says way back in the very first sentences of the Bible that God created the world and He said, it is good. It is good. And He created humans and He said, it is very good. And He said, this is good stuff. And He looks around and He said, what I've created here is so great. It is so good. And we still experience that today too. When you eat a good meal or you see a sunset or you walk among the trees of the forest or you have a great conversation with friends and you laugh really, really well together. Maybe you hear children's la children laughing and you think, oh, this is good. You taste something sweet or you taste something savory and you eat a great meal and you think, oh, that's good. You go for a nice cool walk in the autumn and you think, oh, this is good. You take a breath of fresh air and you feel this is good. And in those moments, you think, hey, there is goodness in the world. Not everything is broken. Or there's still remnants of things that are good. And when you do that, what you're recognizing is that the way God made things is good. And we get to interact with the goodness of God's creation. And in doing so, all of that points to that there is a God who is good and who made things good. And the way He made them to be good, it gives proof to God's original design, that he designed things a certain way. And he says, this is the way it should work. This is the way it's meant to be. And when we see brokenness, it clarifies that, hey, things aren't as they used to be. Things aren't as they were meant to be. Things aren't as they should be. When God created everything and he, and he made man and woman and he set them into this place called paradise and Eden, the Garden of Eden. And he says, hey, this is the way things should be. And this is the way it's meant to be. This is the way I've made it to be. And this is how you live within this place. This is how we live together. And I've got some instructions for you. This is what you're meant to do. This is what you're meant for. This is the way it should be. And so as he, as he told them that, by the time we get to chapter 3 of the Bible, Already, man and woman, Adam and Eve, they, they know what should be the way it's supposed to be. And then they do what shouldn't be, what shouldn't be done, the way it's not meant to be done. God said, be obedient to me and do it this way. And they said, "Now nah, we're going to do it this way instead. And when they made that choice, brokenness entered the world. Things began to break all around them. Initially, the relationship between them and their creator was broken. The relationship between them and their God who knew them intimately, who they knew intimately, who had walked together in the garden, it gives portrait of in the, in, the, in, the, in the Genesis account. 
And when they would experience that goodness, now that was broken. And that relationship was broken. And shame came in. And the relationship was marred. And they had to leave this perfect place, this paradise. And they began to enter the cruel realities of the world where things were more difficult, where things were hard. Where they began to regularly experience the brokenness. Even in their own family where their, their sons, one of them killed their brother. And the brokenness began to happen all over the place, began to have ripple effects throughout relationships, throughout the world, throughout creation. And the brokenness began to pervade. This brokenness came about by Adam and Eve's sin. Sin points or leads to brokenness. And sin is this, doing things that should not be done or doing them in a way that they should not be done. When God says, do it this way, and we say, nah, I'm going to do it this way instead. That is sin. It's outside of the way things are meant to be done. And when sin entered the world, it brought about this brokenness. And we see it everywhere. And at some point, we have to recognize that that brokenness isn't just out there in the world, but it's also in here. It's in me. It's at work in me. I not, don't just see brokenness in other people, but I began to see it in myself. Oftentimes, this happens when we hurt other people. So it's not just people hurt us and we think, that's broken, you shouldn't treat me that way. Or we see other people hurting other people and say, hey, y'all shouldn't do that, that's not okay. But we began to experience or see the brokenness in us when we hurt other people. And oftentimes, quite honestly, we hurt people all the time and don't realize it. Um, but it really it hits home when we hurt someone that we care about. When we hurt someone that we know and we love or we have intimate relationship with and we think, I didn't want to do that. And whether it was intentional or unintentional, we recognize I have hurt them because something is wrong with me. I am broken. I'm hurting people that I love. And maybe you've been hurting people all along, but you're able to rationalize it or, or you know, talk it away because you didn't care for them that much. But then when you begin to hurt people that you love, that you care about, you recognize this isn't right. Something's wrong with me. And then maybe this has happened uh, in a marriage or in a relationship uh, with a child or maybe, um, maybe in a relationship with a parent or a good friend. And you recognize, hey, something's going on here. Things aren't as they should be. And I'm contributing to that. Well, here's the reality. We all try to cope with brokenness. We all recognize things aren't as they should be. And we, we try to do something about it. We, we interact with that in different ways. That we try to cope and understand and deal with the brokenness. And when we do that, somewhere in here, we have a belief system, a faith. Everyone has faith. And this isn't like a Christian and non-Christian thing. All humans have faith in something. We're too small. We're too uh, finite. We're too little in the grand scheme of things to understand everything. And so we fill those gaps with faith. We believe that this must be true. I don't fully understand, but I'm going to choose to believe this. Uh, that's not just something that Christians do or devout uh, religious people do. Everyone does that in some way. No one, you or I, understand every aspect of science to say, oh, I understand all of it, and that's why I believe it. We, we trust other people to believe it for us, and they tell us what we should believe, and so we believe that. Or someone who had influence on us growing up, and maybe a political system or a way to see the world. That's a worldview. They said, hey, this is what right and wrong is, and so we take on that stuff and believe that faith. So... At base level, all of us, foundation, have a faith in something. And when we come to this place, when we begin to recognize things are not as they should be. There's brokenness in the world. Our faith begins to fill those gaps so that we can understand and cope 
with how, how this brokenness is affecting us and affecting people in our life. I want to give you five ways. This list could probably be longer and we could probably get into a whole lot more details than I'm going to today about how this brokenness affects us. But five ways that we cope with and deal with brokenness. The first one is success. Success. The idea is that if I can just win, then that will outweigh the brokenness. If I can just win, then that will outweigh the pain or the hurt that I'm feeling or experiencing. And so we say, hey, I got to win at all costs. Maybe that's, you know, in sports, I'm going to become the best athlete at this thing. Or maybe it's in business or in, the, uh, in my area of study or whatever it is. I'm going to become the best there is. I'm going to be the best mom there possibly is. I'm going to be the best dad. I'm going to be the best coworker, the best manager, uh, the best businessman. I'm going to be whatever it is. I'm going to be the best, which there's nothing inherently, there's not wrong with trying to do well and, and strive and for excellence. That's actually a good thing. But when you push it past and say, I'm using this to prove that I'm not broken or to fix my brokenness. If I can just win, then my brokenness will no longer be an an issue. And so become uh, maybe you become a workaholic or you spend long hours at the office. You don't come home because you're like, no, if I can just fix this problem at work, then then the brokenness in the world will be better. Then I'll prove to myself that I'm not that broken and I'm okay. At least I'm better off than the next person. And so become overly competitive and become driven not just by being successful, but driven by not losing. And so then uh, um, we, we strive to beat others. We strive to just, hey, if I can uh, be better than the guy next to me, um, then I'll win and he'll be the loser. I'll be successful. My brokenness will be washed over because I've been successful and I've gotten a win. And sometimes that even causes us to demean others. As we strive for success, we demean others or we destroy their reputation. <laughs> Does that sound like brokenness? So if I can destroy you, your reputation, or, or make life worse for you, then it makes life better for me because I look good while you look bad. Because if you're li- losing, then I'm winning. And all of this, we, we engage trying to strive for success. But success does not ultimately heal our brokenness. Success, us being successful and trying to strive for success to heal our brokenness or overcome our brokenness honestly only makes us more broken and probably hurts people around us and leads to their brokenness as well. Number two, entertainment. We, have, we experience pain from this brokenness and so we decide to just imbibe, engage in entertainment to escape the pain of brokenness by distracting me with things things that are entertaining. Maybe this is TV. Maybe this is binge watching shows. Maybe this is going to good movies. Maybe this is reading books. Um, maybe this is, uh, uh video games, um, whatever it may be. Uh, we engage in entertainment and honestly, we know this is huge. We know this is huge for us in our world and in, in America, uh, some statistics for you, the U S economy, uh, The entertainment industry, all aspects of it contribute $720 billion every year to the U.S. economy. A huge part of our economy is given to just seeking and imbibing and engaging in entertainment, and we will give our money away for that. And just think about that. Think about all the subscription services that you give money to every month, the things to watch, the things to listen to, the things to read. Which ones are most important to you? Which ones can you do without? What if you had, what if I said you had to get rid of all of them? Uh, you're like, oh, wait, no, not that one. I can get rid of these three. That's fine. But I can't get rid of this one. What would I do with my evenings if I didn't have that? We engage in entertainment so that 
We can let go of the pain. We can forget the brokenness of the day. We can ignore the brokenness in our own life or the brokenness maybe we're causing in other people's lives. In the global entertainment industry, uh, $20.2 billion is given to, uh, goes towards music. In the, the, towards box office income, $42.5 billion, twice the music industry, um, goes towards, uh, towards movies in, um, in the theaters. And then listen to this one, video gaming. $145 billion annually goes towards video gaming. Of us there on our phones or holding controllers, looking at a screen, just trying to escape, trying to be in control of something because it feels like the world out there is crazy. But if I can just be in control of something and get a win or escape those thoughts of negativity or whatever it is, man, I will, I will totally uh, imbibe in this, totally engage in this to escape the pain and the hurt of the brokenness around me. In the last year, in the pandemic study uh, out of Stanford said that uh, in, in teens and in kids, their screen time uh, doubled during that time because the world was hard. Parents were like, I, I don't know what to do with you anymore. Here, just watch this. Or, uh, hey, the world is hard. And I experienced this too. I spent a lot more time on my couch watching things during pandemic because uh, I couldn't go anywhere else. And it was hard to answer all the questions about things going on in the world. So, so I just said, let me forget about it for a little bit and watch this. So we run to entertainment to deal with our brokenness so we can forget about it for a little bit, so we can uh, soothe the pain and forget the pain um, of brokenness around us. But ultimately, entertainment doesn't make the brokenness go away. It just hides it. It just uh, distracts us for a little bit. Some of us, we turn to substances. Number three, substances. So the idea of this, let me numb or forget the pain of brokenness. Obviously, this is very similar to entertainment. I say imbibe in entertainment. We also imbibe in substances. We say, give me some more of this stuff that makes me forget. Give me some more of this stuff that gives me some kind of feeling, some endorphins uh, that make me feel good because everything hurts. My relationships hurt. This trauma from the past hurts. Uh, the, the literal feelings in my body right now hurt. Give me something to make me forget, to make the pain go away. And so we engage in substances, whether that's alcohol or drugs, or maybe it's just food, emotional eating, uh, or other things that we say, give me more of this so I can forget that. So I can deal with the pain uh, through this substance. Let me use these objects to help me. Substances, however, just like entertainment, they don't truly make things better. They just hide them for a little bit. Fourth thing that we turn to is relationships, relationships. And quite honestly, there's a good desire here that I, to have a connection with another person is a, is a God-given desire. All, all the way back to creation, we're made this way to desire and need and want to have relationships with each other. We talk about this and resonate all the time that you need healthy relationships. But when we say, hey, if I can just have this relationship, then my brokenness will go away. I feel broken. It's because I'm alone. I'm lonely and something's hurting in me. If I can just get somebody to accept me in my brokenness and the things that hurt and my pain, if someone would just accept me, then I would be okay. And so we strive for relationships to get into a relationship, especially romantic relationships, because those are relationships that are most highly valued in our culture and our society. And we think if I can just get this person, if I can just let, get that guy to like me, if I can just get that girl to pay attention to me, if I can just cover up my brokenness enough, or for them to say, well, he's not too broken, or she's not too broken, that they will invite me into their world, and I can invite them into my world and have some intimacy together, then everything will be okay. 
then they will solve my problems. Then they will, they will complete me and fix me. They will help me. Oh, the opposites, who they are. I want them in my life to solve my issues. And so we think if I can just get that relationship, then everything will be okay. We look to relationships to deal with our brokenness issues. But the reality is, earthly relationships don't by themselves help us escape our brokenness. Earthly relationships will not help us escape that brokenness. And in fact, if we look to those relationships to, to solve our brokenness issues, the pain that we have, to fill this void that's, that's come in through the cracks in our life from sin, uh, then we'll put too much expectation on that person we're trying to have a relationship with. And not only will we, will we be unsatisfied ourselves, but we will crush them with our expectations. And so ultimately, relationships will not solve our brokenness issues. And so fifth, the fifth thing we turn to is religion. Religion. And this, you would think, well, what's wrong with that? You're the, you're the pastor guy saying, hey, should we do religious things? You lead a church. But the problem is religion in this sense is this idea that if I can do enough good to outweigh my bad, then I'll work my way back to God's design. And this is how legalistic or this is how religion works when it's just a man-made thing or, a, or a, a selfishly motivated thing, a thing that honestly is broken. When we say, hey, if I can do enough of the good things that this religion, whatever religion it is, says uh, to do, then I will work my way back to God's design or some form of that, depending on what the details of the religion are. So if I can do enough good stuff, go to enough church services or pray enough or read enough things or do enough good deeds or make enough trips to this certain place or uh, whatever it is, if I can do enough of the good things or uh, other religions, if I can let go of enough stuff, uh, enough desires, and uh, if I can engage in enough um, religious practices, again, whatever that may be, then I will find my way back to, to God's design or the way things should be, that I will earn my way back. I will, my, the good things I do will outweigh the bad things I do. And in doing so, then I will earn my acceptance back into the way things should be. The trouble is, uh, how do you know when you've crossed that line? How do you know you've been good enough? How good is good enough? Um, and this list of things ends up becoming, uh, that we try to do, ends up becoming this burden on us. And honestly, all we can do is, is ultimately judge it by, looking at other people. And we think, well, am I better than him? Am I doing more stuff than him? Am I doing more stuff than her? Can I compare myself to her and, and, and see, see that, oh, I'm better than her. I'm doing more things, or I'm nicer, or I'm uh, engaged in more religious practices. Uh, and so based on my subjective opinion of the people around me, I think I'm doing good. And ultimately, this looks like some of the other things. It looks like striving for success um, through religious things. Another way we do this, sometimes it's... Uh, um, we just try to have ecstatic uh, experiences. Um, we want to feel something. We want to feel something that's different. We want to feel something that makes us, uh, as our understanding, connect with something other, connect with God or connect with something beyond ourselves. And so we seek an ecstatic experience, a spiritual experience. That if I can just get this, if I can earn this, or I can uh, do the things that make me feel funny, whatever that may be, then I will find myself connecting with God. I've got to do some things to connect with God, to work my way back towards His design, to work my, back, my way back into relationship with Him as is intended to be. But all of that, um, 
you can see again how they have the religious practice has elements of success seeking or uh, trying to overcome uh, pain by forgetting it through ecstatic experiences. All of these things ultimately don't lead us back to God, but lead us continuing to be broken. Religion doesn't truly change our brokenness. And so as we think about these five things, what we see is there is no escape from the brokenness in these five things, through these five things. All of these promises, uh, all of these things promise to help us with our brokenness and all of them only lead to more brokenness. It's like a bungee cord that we, we follow after this thing and we say, hey, if I can just do more of this or if I can just be more successful, if I can just get this thing to numb the pain, we run that way and the bungee cord just pulls us back into brokenness. And in, indeed, uh, the ripple effects of us engaging in this uh, affects the bro more brokenness around us or in our own life and begins to compound the issues. Here's what you need to know. The same God that is good, that made good things, has not forgotten about us. The story of the Bible and in, 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 uh, overarching uh, narrative of it and in the details of individual stories throughout, what they reveal is that God is good and He sees us. And He recognizes that in our brokenness, it's not good and He doesn't want that for us. God saw our situation and He wanted to do something about it. And He said, I'm going to get personally involved. And this goes all the way back again. As soon as they left the garden, God began His pursuit of people. And the narrative of the Bible is his pursuit of us, of his creation, saying, I want goodness for them, and I'm going to pursue that. And what's beautiful about the story in the Bible and what, what God communicates through the Bible is that he not only just stood way back and said, man, what a mess. You guys should clean that place up. But he said, no, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to get personally involved. And so he was willing to do that, and he made a way where there seemed to be no way out of brokenness. You see, there, there's God's ways, and this goes back again when God said, this is the way it should be. Uh, Jesus said this in, in one of his great teachings in, in Matthew chapter 7. He says this. He says, enter through the narrow gate. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the ro road that leads to destruction or to brokenness. Wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Uh, as I name off these five things, you're like, well, that encompasses a lot of life, a lot of our efforts, a lot of the way we spend our time towards relationships or towards success or towards entertainment or towards religious practices. That's a lot of stuff. That is a broad road. But he says, he goes, it says this in verse 14, Matthew 7, verse 14, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. So he's saying, hey, it's easy to find this other way. The world all around is saying, this is how you fix yourself. This is the stuff you should do to deal with your brokenness issues, to cope with the pain that you're experiencing. But God is saying, hey, there's a narrow way. There's another way. There's another way to look. This is what, this is what the Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes back to God's design in perfect relationship with God like it was back in the garden. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. There's a broad way, and it's all these other ways, and there's a narrow way, and it's through Jesus. And Jesus is saying, I am that way. John 3.16. If you've been around church much, you, maybe this, this scripture will seem familiar to you, but it's a great verse in the Bible that says this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 
For God so loved the world. He said, I see the brokenness. I see the hurt. I see the pain. And I love the world so much that I will give up my son. I will send my son, Jesus, into this mess, into this broken world. He gave his one and only son. And whoever believes in him will not perish, will not continue to go into this way of brokenness and into destruction, will not perish, but have eternal life. Whenever you see the Bible talking about life, having life, that's the opposite of brokenness. That's what we were meant for. That's what, that's what the garden looked like. That was God's design. So not have brokenness, but that they may not perish, but have eternal life. And so God sent his son, Jesus, to come and to rescue us, to be with us, to do life better than it had ever been done. This was God in the flesh, God in human form, God in the bod, as I like to say, because it rhymes, and whenever you rhyme, it makes it better. God in the bod. Jesus did the human life as it was intended to be done, as it was meant to be done, as it should be done. God said, this is the way you should do it. This is the way life is meant to be done on, on planet Earth. And Jesus said, great, I'll do it just like that. And he did, without sin, never experiencing brokenness. And then the other two other aspects about who Jesus is, he dealt with sin. He dealt with sin and with us justly and lovingly. If God is a good God, and we all, we all understand this, when things that aren't right, when they're done, we think, hey, that's not okay. Somebody should do something about that. There should be a law about that. That's unjust. And God says, yes, all this brokenness that you guys are doing, that's not the way it should be done. And I am a just God and I have to do something about that. So it says there in John 3, 16, he is loving, but also the Bible says that he is just. He says, I have to punish that sin. I have to punish that brokenness. I can't let that go, go unanswered for. I can't just ignore it. I have to do something about it. And Jesus said, I'll be a part of that. Romans 6, 23 says it like this, for the wages of sin is death. The wages. So this sin that we do, what we get paid for, when sin has occurred, the wages, what you earn with that is death. Again, brokenness, death. That's where, that, that's where sin and brokenness leads to. But, it says in 6.23, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if the wages of sin is death, um, there's life that can be offered, but that's only through Christ. Here's what that means, or here's how that happens. Isaiah 53, this is a prophetic word about who Jesus was going to be before Jesus ever came. Isaiah 53, verses 5 and 6 says this, that Jesus died in our place to take the punishment for our sin. Jesus died in our place to take the punishment for our sins. So Isaiah 53 says it, but we were, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, our sin. The punishment that brought us peace with him, or the punishment that brought us peace was on him. By, and by his wounds, we are healed. Verse six, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned our own way and our brokenness. And the Lord has laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity or the sin, the brokenness of us all. And so Jesus said, I will take on the punishment for your sin. Put your sin on me and I will take it on. I will take the death that you deserve, that your sin deserves. And so Jesus, while he had never sinned, he had never earned the, the wages of, of death, the earned the wages of sin, because he had never experienced the brokenness or, or committed uh, or contributed to the brokenness himself. He instead took on the results of our brokenness took on the sin, took on the death of us. And he died in our place. And that's what we celebrate and remember and commemorate when Jesus dies on the cross. But he didn't stay there. He didn't stay dead. 
And this is what is so different about Christianity from all other world religions is that he did not stay dead, that he rose from the grave. He rose from the grave and defeated death. C.S. Lewis writes about this in, in one of the books, Chronicles of Narnia, where he gives a kind of imagery to this and said there was a deeper magic at work. There was a deeper magic at work. It's as though Jesus died, and when he did that, he took brokenness and death, and they died with him. But then he rose from the grave, and those other things stayed dead. But Jesus was still alive. It's like he left those things, sin and death, and he left those in death, and he defeated them as he came back to life. And so as he did that, we then get to experience if we, watch this, if we believe what Jesus did, if we believe who he was and what he said he did and what he taught, and we step into this, then we get to experience life with him. And so we have, uh, from God's design, that leads to brokenness, and sin gets us to that brokenness. But if we, have, if we find ourselves, and when we find ourselves in brokenness, we look to Jesus, and he is the way out. But the way through Jesus is through repentance and belief, through repentance and belief. Here's what that means. When we repent, essentially that's just a, a fancy word for we turn. We repent, it means that we turn from our own ways and our brokenness. Because it was choosing our own way. Again, God said do it this way, and we said, no, nah, I'm going to do it this way instead. And that led to our brokenness. That was sin. If we turn away from that, if we recognize like, hey, I'm not doing it right. I see within me that I'm hurting people. I am broken. My brokenness is leading to more brokenness and I don't know what to do about it. I'm doing it more than I realize, and uh, it feels like it's out of control. The world around me, in me, the world in me is out, is, is out of control. God, I can't keep doing this. I need help. I want to turn away from my sin. I want to turn away from my brokenness, and I want to turn towards God. That's repentance. And then belief is saying, hey, I believe. I believe to, that what Jesus has done on my behalf is right uh, and belief just means to choose to think something is true and confirm your belief with your words. If you hear this message about who Jesus is and what he's done for you, if you believe that God really does love you and he said, hey, I'm not going to let you continue to live and experience this brokenness, but I came and I got into this brokenness myself. I experienced the brokenness of the world and I came to rescue you and pull you out of this brokenness and pull you into life. If you choose to believe that, if you're willing to believe that truth, then as we said, as, as the Bible says, then you can experience life. You can experience renewal. You can experience life. Here's what Romans 10, 9 and 10 says. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, which means you're saying, hey, you've got it right and I don't. You're the one who understands it. You're the one that sees it straight. You know how it should be done. You know what's best. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart at the core of who you are, if you believe that, in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. No longer will you continue down this road, this broad road towards destruction and brokenness, but instead you'll be saved from that and brought into life through the narrow road. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so if you're willing to believe, repent, turn from the old ways, turn from the ways of brokenness and turn towards God and believe that what he's done on your behalf, then you'll be saved. John 1.12 says it this way. Yet to all who did receive him, who received the truth of what he's done on their behalf, to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, who believe who he is, believe what he's done, he gave the right to become children of God. 
You see, when we, when we do what should not be done, it creates, as we said, this, this chasm or this brokenness in the relationship between us and God. Some passages in the Bible say that we become as enemies to Him because of our brokenness, our rebellion against Him, and these, doing these unjust things, doing these things that should not be done. But it says here that if we are to, willing to believe who Jesus is and what He's done on our behalf and turn from those, those other ways, those broken ways, then He gave us the right to become children of God. Not just, oh, well, now you're pretty good, or, oh, now you're not so bad, or uh, now you're, you know, I'll, I'll say uh, you're accepted, kind of. We all know what really happened here, but no, he did, it's not like some kind of just halfway, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay, okay, you're saved now. But it's like, no, I want, he says, I want to make you my own children. I want to bring you close and into the family. I want you to sit on my lap. I want to give you a hug. I want to, uh, I want to bring you close. That's the imagery that the scriptures talk about, that he wants to make us children. And so if you're willing to believe what Christ has done on your behalf, turn from your old ways, repent, believe that what he's done is true, that he really does love you and he really does want goodness for you, then he wants to invite you in to become close, to know God's design and to see it intimately and to see it up close. And that is an invitation back into God's design, back into relationship with God as it's intended to be, back into life as it's meant to be. And then you get to find yourself living on this planet Earth in this broken place, but with a different purpose and a different perspective, pursuing and restoring and recovering God's perfect design. And that's the Christian life. That's what Christians are called to, to look at the broken world around us and say, hey, that's not okay. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to go into this brokenness just like Jesus came into brokenness to follow his example and say, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to show God's love to other people. I'm going to communicate who he is through my actions towards them. I'm going to communicate with my words this message that Jesus has done something on our behalf and he invites us into it to tell the story of what Christ has done, to live the Christian life and pursue God's design. And that's what we get to do as followers of Jesus, to say, hey, there's a goodness out there and God has it for us and he invites us into it, to repent and believe and through Jesus to overcome the sin and brokenness in ourselves and in this world and move back to God's design where we get to spend eternity with him. Now this is a beautiful message and it's complex and maybe it brings up a lot of questions and this battles with all the faith systems you've had in your life thus far. But I want to ask you this, where are you today? Where are you today? As you've seen the brokenness in the world around you, and maybe you even began to acknowledge, I have brokenness in me, that I don't do things the way they should be done. I'm hurting people with my actions. I've hurt people I care about, and I don't know how to stop. I don't know where you are today, but maybe, maybe today's a day that you need to turn from those ways that you're willing to believe. And I understand maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you have more questions about, tell me more about this Jesus guy and what he did. Tell me that story again. Tell me how that works. Show me in the Bible where it says that. I understand that's, that's a legitimate question, a little bit, legitimate thing to, to desire and want. But if you're ready to believe, you can today. 
It's a choice you can make. If you say, this is what I've been wanting to hear. This is what I've been looking for. I've tried all those other things. I've pursued success. I've uh, pursued substances. I've spent hours and hours of my life in entertainment. I've tried to seek the relationship and all it did was make me feel more alone. I've tried religious things. I've done a lot of religious things and still I just felt empty. It's not solving my brokenness issues. And what I'm inviting you in here into today is to receive what Jesus has done on your behalf. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? I want to invite you into that. And quite honestly, that's what happened in my life. At one point, I came to a place where I had understood these things. I had heard these stories. And finally, a day came when someone asked me, Matthew, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? And quite honestly, I was very young when that happened, uh, but it was very clear to me. And it was a true choice that I made. And someone close to me invited me into this and said, Matthew, are you ready to receive this? Are you ready to believe this, to turn from those other ways and believe that you need God in your life to show you a better way, a new way? That you need Jesus to do something on your behalf because you can't do it on your own. And that's the invitation that's open for you today. Here's what you can do. If this is something that you want to receive, if you are ready to make that decision today, here's three things you can do, three ways you can do that. Talk to God about what you're doing. This is what you can talk to Him about. Tell God that you recognize. This is called prayer. You've heard of it. (laughs) Talk to God and tell God that you recognize your brokenness, that you recognize your sin, that you know you've contributed to brokenness in the world around you. You know that things aren't as they should be, and you have been a part of that. You've done things as they shouldn't be done. You've hurt people that you care about. Tell God that you recognize that that's true of you. And then tell God that you uh, want to turn away from that. You want to turn towards His ways and that you believe and trust that that Jesus has done something for you. That Jesus has made a way and you want to walk in that way. Tell God that you trust Jesus and what He's done for you. And receive, receive as Romans 6.23 says, this gift that He's given to you this free gift and open the present and open it up and see how glorious it is. Receive the gift that he's given to you and then ask God for help because you know you need it. Say, God, I want help. God, lead me in the way everlasting. Lead me into the salvation that you promise. Make me your child and invite him to be a part of your life. Invite him to be the Lord or the one who says, this is the way it's meant to be done. And you say, yes, that's what I want. And choose to walk in that. If you want to tell God that today, that you know you're broken, you know that He's made a new way, and that you want to walk in it through Jesus Christ, then you can be saved and you can be His own child. You can be a part of the family of God and you can begin to see the results and the, the ramifications of the brokenness of this world in your life begin to melt away, begin to be dealt with in a, in, a, in a way that it's meant to be dealt with. And He promises that we can pursue and experience God's design now and for eternity. And so if you're in that place, I encourage you even this morning to say a prayer, to say that prayer, to pray to God, talk to Him about this, and about these three things. And then I encourage you to take a next step that you need to connect with someone else. Because I said relationships are huge, and God has given us relationships with each other to better understand our relationship with Him. And there's some some ways you can do that. If you're watching on Resonate Live today and you're at home, maybe you're alone or you're with some friends, maybe you could turn to one of those friends and say, hey, I want to pray those prayers. I want to talk to God in that way. 
or if you're home alone uh, and if you're on res live there's a button at the top that says connect and that'll take you to a website into a form that you can fill out that just says hey this is a prayer I, or this is the prayer request i have for you i want to talk to someone about becoming a follower of jesus or this is what i'm thinking and processing and these are the questions i have you can type that out or if you're just on your phone and you're in a resonate service somewhere you can pull out your phone and go to hey.resonate.net and that same connection card will be will, will be pulled up or you can enter that in you can say what site you're at or what site you're close to or what city you're in and you can say this is this is the prayer request i have in light of what i heard here today this is what i'm processing or i need to talk to someone about, about becoming a follower of jesus there's an invitation to you today and i hope that you'll say i think i'm ready this is it god has been doing stuff in my life all along and for some reason i'm watching this thing here today and i feel like he has me at this moment that god is right here in my face and he's saying what are you going to do about it and the invitation is open to you i i promise you there's something on the other side of that choice that God is waiting for you, that He wants to bless you with, that He wants to invite you into life as, you've, as you were intended to experience it. And it may be a difficult what road, the broad road, He says is easy, the narrow road, it's got challenges to it. It means confessing, it means repenting, it means changing some things in your life. But it's good. Because God is good. And there's a, there's a goodness to His design, the way things are meant to be done. We want to invite you into community and help you with that. We want to continue to walk alongside, you, walk alongside you as you ask those questions and you look for clarity of what it means to walk in God's good ways. We want to show you the scriptures. We want to pray with you. We want to help you in that. But let us help you and turn to God and let's do this together. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this truth. That though we see brokenness all around us, we also know that there's goodness. God, you let us taste bits and pieces of you, of your goodness all around us. God, we know that some of us, you brought us to a point here today where you're inviting us into a right relationship with you, where the brokenness that we've brought about through our sin, through our doing, for us, from us doing things the way it should not be done. God, you want to remedy that. God, you promised that you've taken away the sin on our behalf. You've dealt with that justly. The death has been paid for that through Jesus Christ when you gave your own son. You lovingly sacrificed your own son so that we, while he experienced death, we could experience life. God, for those that are processing through this, God, invite them in. Help them to reach out and get help praying these prayers if they need that help. God, I pray that you would move in them now, that they would respond to your call to them. God, I pray that for us that have friends that, that need to hear this truth, that you would help us communicate it, to help them uh, to see the goodness of who you are and your ways. And you would lead us to lead them to walk in these truths. God, be with us as a church. Be with us today as we process this. God, we thank you for this invitation to life. We thank you for, thank you for this invitation to be children of God, children of you. God, now draw us close and help us to walk in and pursue the goodness of your design. God, we thank you, and we pray this, and we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, and we pray with hope. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Resonate Church Sermon Podcast. If you are a college student in the Northwest, or if you simply want to see college students come to know Jesus, please connect with us by visiting resonate.net.